Let's just put our hands together to welcome up Glenn as he comes to minister the word this morning. Hey, welcome once again uh, to Thrive Family. It's great to have you with us this Sunday and wonderful to see so many friendly, incredibly good-looking people out there in our church. And if I could see you online as well, I'm sure you're incredibly good-looking as well. Um, we've actually got two ways you can watch online. If you didn't know this, you can watch on YouTube or Facebook. So hi out there in the land of the screens. Um, hey, so we are, um, we've been doing a goodness of God kind of uh, series, really. Well, it's not a kind of series, it's an actual series. It's an actual real series for the last month or so. And um, it's been, it's been that, look, part of the why for the goodness of God is like, actually, there's been so much going on. There's been so much heavy lifting we felt like we've needed to do around big issues uh, that have, uh, you know, just kind of like in the church, in the world, and we're like, actually, let's just dial back to the fact that God is good. He is good all of the time, and He's not got His grumpy face on over your life today. He is good over you and over your family, and He has got good things in store. It sounds, it could sound a little bit flippant and a little bit cheesy and a little bit like, oh yeah, no, no, that's, it sounds like God's a Father Christmas. Well, He's not Father Christmas, but He is good, and He does have good gifts for His children. And actually, um, I was just thinking, got to thinking, hearing Mitch was in the room, woo, uh, hey Mitch, and uh, Mitch actually came in as around 14, 15 year old into this church. Church, uh, when I was running youth on a Friday night, and um, a few weeks in, he got saved, and uh, then he never left. Actually, he was pretty much like Samuel in the Bible. He just stayed here for the next 14 years, and he ended up alongside Larissa being on staff with us. And then um, I'm not sure if you said this, but they've been up in Whangarei for the last couple of years, almost uh, ministering up there. And I just got to thinking about, man, he had a salvation moment. And we've all had those. We've all had, um, you know, maybe not all here, but uh, all of those who would say that they're following Jesus, you had a moment or maybe you had a series of moments that brought you into the kingdom and brought you into the kingdom of the Son and the kingdom of love. And we've discovered you know, the goodness of God in this concept. Now, I'm saying this because we've got an Alpha course coming up. In a couple of weeks, we're kicking this off. Actually, the date is the first the 1st of November, um, yeah, so here on a Wednesday night, thank you, I didn't have any of those details, just kind of made them up on the spot, uh, not really, and so, man, if you've got someone that you know um, that could do with some more information about what you believe, bring them along, like, just over the next couple of weeks, just ask the Holy Spirit, who could I bring along to Alpha? And I know we're coming to the end of the year, and you're like, <laughs> just made <it>. No, <laughs> no, we like, we want to like, we're going to finish strong. Well, that's one of the, our mottos and staff, right? We, when anything we do, we're going to finish strong. We're going to finish our Sunday strong. We're going to finish this year strong. And so I want to encourage you to be praying, to lift your eyes. Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Lift your eyes to the harvest. It's like, okay. Where's the harvest, Lord? Who do I need to be praying for? So just activate yourself with the Holy Spirit and uh, see someone at Info. If you're like, I just want to come and do Alpha because I want to understand some more, you're welcome to come and be a part of that as well. Just to, you know, this is about the goodness of God. And on that note, actually, I want to introduce... Uh, 
Pastor Kerry Harris. <laughs> She's got a short message for you today on the goodness of God. And so thank you, Kerry. Oh, gosh. Good thing I love you, Glenn. Um, I do. I want to share a little bit on the goodness of God around finances, but actually more importantly, the goodness of God around renewing our mind and um, renewing our mind around our finances. So who knows that God is good and that he is the supplier of all our needs? Yeah? Awesome. Who also freaks out on a regular basis around their finances and forgets that God is good? Just me? No? Anyway, at the beginning of the year, I found the squeaky spot. At the beginning of the year, I spent a lot of time in that freak out moment. You know, the every time I heard about um, the cost of living crisis or grocery bills going up or mortgage rates or interest rates or whatever it was, I would just get really overwhelmed. Um, I have a very godly husband who would always tell me to chill out, but I just couldn't. I could not chill out. I was really just kind of gripped by fear, to be perfectly honest. Um, It was irrational, um, as often sometimes fear can be. It was really irrational because both Blair and I are employed and we have diesel in our truck and food in our pantry and, and we have money that comes in and yes, it goes out. But it always comes back in again. And um, so with my little irrational fear, and Blair's sense of adventure, we decided that maybe we could do something really crazy and rent our house out and buy a tiny house and move it onto my mother-in-law's land and live in this tiny little, like, you know, 30 square metre tiny house with two prepubescent boys and one toilet. (laughs) So, you know, I was really rational, right? Um, I was, it was just all because I was far too consumed, in all honesty, I had consumed far too much media. I had watched the news a bit too much. I had listened to the voice of this world talking about financial stress. And when I was doing that, I wasn't actually getting into God's word and going, what are you saying about my finance? How can I partner with you? Because he owns a cattle in a thousand hills. I didn't need to worry. But it was just that I'd been far too consumed with the world and not having my eyes on Jesus planted firmly enough. Now, when Blair and I were newlyweds many, many years ago, we had this phenomenal God encounter in a tiny little church in Methven. And it, it changed everything for us. It was an incredible God encounter about joining our finances with God. It was all about kingdom finance. And from that moment forward, our 10% tithe was an absolute non-negotiable. And we've had, if you know our story a bit, we've had some rough times. You know, we've had times where Blair hasn't been working, um, but it was a non-negotiable. And I just want to say, he was so faithful. We have never been without, and he has never let us down. Um, But I still freak out. So, we were in Wanaka at the beginning of the year camping, and we just had, I was, hmm, we had this really cool 24 hours where Roman, our 12-year-old, he found $2, score when you're 12, that's pretty great, and then I found a washing machine token, which was worth $4.50, and then Roman found a $2 coin again, and it was at the playground, like surely the other kids should have seen it, Um, and then even strangely enough, in the middle of the night, Blair went to the bathroom and he found a floating $10 note in the toilet. You better believe he grabbed it. 
<laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I was, I was like, Lord, what is going on? We were $18.50 up in 24 hours and we hadn't even worked. We were in holiday and holiday is expensive. So I went for a walk with Jesus and I was going, oh God, what? there's no coincidence here. I was talking about the tiny house idea um, and I was just sharing with him about my fears. And God really clearly and very gently, but also a little bit like eye rolly, was like, Kerry, just you wait. You are going to find money in the most unexpected places this year. And it reminded me of that verse in Malachi, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Almighty Lord, and see that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be enough room to store it. Bring it on God. So with that little promise of, you don't know where you're gonna find money, Kerry, I had this, I had a choice to make and I chose to turn off the fear and turn on the faith. I had this mind shift. He renewed my mind in that moment. And I went from worrying about money pretty much daily um, to like having a mindset of like, okay, Lord, where is it coming from? And I was just really anticipating and expecting where these places were that God was going to fulfill on his promise. So Blair works for a company called Cordia and Cordia had this finder's fee. So if you knew someone and you got them to apply for a job and they got the job and then they stayed the 90 days, you got a bonus. And so we got Lewick Odendahl a job and he's really, really great. And it's a win-win because he got a job and we got a bonus. Um, another thing that happened earlier on in the year is we've got a very cute um, Cavoodle dog and we got him DNA tested, and he is now a stud. Another win-win. He has lovely little female doggies come visit, and we get a kickback. Thank you, Lord. Wasn't expecting to get finances there. It's actually really awkward and, like, really awkward. But anyway, whoo, thank you, Jesus. So um, another thing, Blair travels all around New Zealand and he loves photography. He loves live stream. If you want to join the live stream team, Blair will talk you into it because he is very passionate. <laughs> Hi, live streamers, especially Julia Carr. I love you. Um, so one of the things that Blair does when he trips around for work is um, he takes aerial photography with his drone. And he's sold stock imaging on a website for years, really. And this year his sales are consistent, like way more consistent. It used to be like once a month. Now it's like multiple little sales a week. It might only be $6 here and $10 there, but it's God's provision. Um, my favorite one is that when everyone was having a little bit of a, oh dear, the WIMAC District Council are gonna put our rates up. Remember that moment? Yeah, so I was thinking the same, like, mm, okay, rates are going up. What's gonna happen? I got my letter in the mail and I was very confused. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Our rates are going down. How on earth are our rates going down? Then I realised I have overpaid our rates for the last uh, for the last like two years, and um, the Wymac District Council gave me an eighteen hundred dollar tax re uh, rates rebate, which was awesome. I know. How good is God? Totally surprised by the little places where God has shown up and blessed us, just like He said at the beginning of the year. Doing finances with Jesus has been a wild ride. But one that this year I have finally 
finally, truly and completely trusted his promises. Um, the year's not over, and I'm also still anticipating where else he's going to show up for me as we continue to co-labor with him. Just want to declare the scripture over me and over you from Philippians 4, 19 and 20. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That was such an encouragement to all of our hearts. So thank you for just doing that uh, process with Jesus. I'm going to remember your faith and I'm going to add that to mine. And, um, and I just want to encourage you out there as well, like don't, don't, to get caught, don't get caught up in fear. Get caught up in actually how is God going to meet my needs? What has he got? Unusual places of provision. Now, I did actually prepare the next slide in advance because I knew that Kerry was going to be talking about um, this. So if you would like uh, to know about our ways to give it thrive, ta-da! <laughs> um, there's one thing I felt just um, from Malachi 3.11, and this follows on for, you know, when you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, see that I won't, uh, that I will f- uh, throw, flow open, throw open, throw open the floodgates of heaven. And then it goes on to say this, next slide, and I will, and I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And so I just thought it'd be just great to agree right now just that anything that has been trying to devour you, whether it's fear or just, you know, circumstances, that that would be broken right now in Jesus' name. So, Lord, just over every family, over every business person, over every income stream, God, we declare your blessing and favor, and we resist the devil. We resist that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you've come to bring life and increase favor and blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty, that's good. Now I've got a message to bring today. We're going to come in, and this message is in the context of the goodness of God. And we're going to finish with communion today at um, our New Life Conference a couple of weeks ago. Deb and I actually were asked to share communion with the entire conference, which is really freaky, uh, speaking to a large group of people. But I'm going to use some bits out of that message into this message today because I just felt like God on it. I was just like, this, is a, this was a God revelation. And, and I just want to bring it. So here we go. We're going to start in John chapter 6. If you've got your Bibles here with you today, and we're going to revisit a really familiar story. Jesus and the disciples, they've crossed a lake. They've gone into the wilderness, and they're just like, flip, this crowds. They're pursuing us. We're like, I don't know. He's, he's gone to the other side of the lake anyway, and they've sat down on the side of a mountain. And it says this in John 6 verse 5, when Jesus looked up, and they saw a great crowd coming towards him. He's like, ah, I can't escape these guys. Uh, He said to Philip, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? And then he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And you know, Philip's freaking out. No one's uh, sorted the catering for this, uh, for this event. And, and, and he's like, it would take more than half, uh, uh, than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. 
And then in verse 8, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go amongst so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. So they sat down, about 5,000 men there. And, you know, there's, so you can think of all the women and children. There's 20,000 people there probably. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with fish. Wow. Massive miracle there. And as the disciples, you can imagine in that moment, the, 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 the disciples, they, they are stressing out. They're seeing the crowd. They're thinking, what, what? we don't have enough here. But Jesus said what? He said he already had in mind what he was going to do. In the middle of the lack, in the middle of the discouragement, in the middle of this kind of food crisis, Everyone was fed with 12 baskets left over. I just want everyone to turn to your neighbor and just tell them Jesus has in mind what he's going to do. Jesus has in mind what he's up to. Um, In staff meeting, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, um, as is our custom, I had a birthday on Sunday and... um, and, and yes, I'd turned 49, and I, I think I walked in, and, and as I saw this was about to happen, I was like, whoa, I'm 49. And, and Kerry, actually, uh, she said to me, Glenn, you're not just 49. You get to be 49. You get to be 49. I was like, yeah, what a privilege it is to be this age. Thank you, Lord, for my age and stage. Thank you that before the foundation of this earth, you predestined me to be conformed into the image of your son so that I could, you know, become someone who could step into every good work that God had predestined me to do. And, you know, like, I hope I've hit a few of them. (laughs) I hope I've done a few good works. You know, every one of us is here for such a time as this. And I love that thought that I get to be this age. And I just that statement flipped something for me in that moment. I was like, yeah, actually, I'm gonna, that's going to be my challenge for the week. Any, any problem that comes my way, no, I get to face this problem. I get to be in, in, this, in, this, in this place of existence. And, and I don't have to look at my situation with, with a place of regret or uncertainty or, no, I'm not disqualified. I get to be here. I get to re- represent. You know, before um, Jesus fed 5,000 people, he took the loaves and he, and he gave thanks. Jesus could have said, in the name of myself, breads be multiplied, fish be multiplied. But Jesus, who's fully God and he's fully man, he gave thanks to the Father for what he had in his hands. He didn't say, for what we're about to receive, may the Lord make me truly thankful. You know, like we say at dinner, grace. Gratitude came from within Jesus. Here's a thought. God is not going to make you and I grateful for what is in front of us. To, To become grateful, to discover 
gratitude. We have to apply faith to whatever challenge is in our world or thing that we are facing. James 3.11 says this, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? You know, bitterness and thankfulness are opposing forces. They can't cohabitate. In the Garden of Eden, as Adam and Eve become ungrateful because of one tree being withheld from them, the serpent slid on in through this crack of ingratitude. And you see, if the enemy can deceive us into believing that our lack, our challenges, our problems, they all represent God withholding something from us that we're entitled to, we're going to doubt His goodness. Faith and ingratitude are not friends. And when we doubt His goodness, we step into unbelief. Psalm 100 verse 4 says this. You know this. As soon as I crank this one out, hello up there. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. See, gates give us access to provision. You know, if you think of this, you know, a gateway to a property, right? They give us access to provision, to shelter, to security, to the owner of the, of the property that we go on. And whoever owns the gates has the authority to open them or to close them. If you drive into Northbrook Waters, has anyone been to Northbrook Waters here? It's like... Woo, it's like you go into another, like the nation of Northbrook waters, like a little bit of Kaiteri Terry and Abel Tasman just drizzled on, uh, on North Canterbury there. And, and but you, when you, you know, you tap in the, the code there and the gates, and you go in there and you know that you have entered into another realm. It's not the, just the casual subdivision kind of realm that's going on. And as the rung of your spread, you're like, oh, this has got, this is a gated community. <laughs> Bless them. But you need, you need to know the, the password to get into that realm. You need to know the, the key to get onto their property to meet the owners of of that realm. And when you look at Jesus and even this miracle at the feeding of the 5,000 and in multiple other occasions, his, he had this consistent line of gratitude with the Father. And that posture of gratitude is so important for unlocking gateways to the realm of the Father, to the goodness of the Father, to the presence of the Father. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. I don't know what the, the, num the numeric value for thank you is. Maybe we should do that for this one, but then you'd all be able to get in here. So that's not a good idea. You know, the price of admission into the king's realm is thanksgiving, into the realm of his goodness. And I know there's grace and there's, you know, we, we, we come freely. 
But there's this connection with the activation of grace and faith that requires a grateful heart. You might be like, I don't believe you, Glenn. Oh, that's fair enough. Let's just look at the Bible. <laughs> How about we go there? And these people, these Bible legends, they journeyed through gates of thanksgiving and they discovered that God had in mind what he was going to do. Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den. The choice was to worship King Darius and, and pray to the king or suffer the lion's den. And despite being, you know, the risk of being eaten by lions, he gave thanks and prayed for what the lions are about to receive. May they be truly ungrateful. <laughs> when his life is at risk, Daniel could have buckled under the pressure pressure but he said this he said and in Daniel 6 verse 10 it says this of him three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God just as he had done before see God had in mind what he was going to do and he shut the lion's mouths as he gave as he gave thanks and he prayed he put this whole situation into the Lord's hands Jonah and the fish and the large fish, he could have sulked, he could have given up, he could have just been digested. But he was in the, in the belly of the whale. He repented and he thanked God. It says this in Jonah 2 verse 9, But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. With a song of thanksgiving. I don't know what the acoustics were like in there, but he, did, he had a go. And the fish was like, that sounded so bad, I'm going to spit you out. And he, on the beach. Hannah. Hannah, this amazing woman in the Old Testament, she was so loved by her husband. But she was barren and she, she had no children and she endured contempt and criticism and taunts from her husband's other wife, who had many children. And then despite her barrenness, she would go to the temple and she cried out to God, promising that if God gave her a son, that she would dedicate her son to the temple for, for the temple service. And then she became pregnant with a, with a son. His name was Samuel. And then Hannah kept her vow and she took Samuel one day to the to the to church and she dropped him off at kids program and she never picked him up afterwards. <laughs> it does. That's a one off. <laughs> but Hannah didn't regret or resent her promise. She sung a song, there's an entire chapter of her song about the giver of the gift. And it says this, she said this, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. She stayed sweet through the loss, but kept her heart in, as, in the right place as she dedicated her son to the temple. Paul, I said this a few weeks ago, Paul was in a storm. He'd been at sea for weeks. There was no hope. They were about to hit rocks. In Acts 27, 35, he said he took some bread. And what did he do? He gave thanks to God. In front of them all, he gave thanks to God. And then next day, despite a shipwreck, 276 of them made it safely to shore. 
1 Thessalonians 5 says this. You know this. You've been waiting for this one, right? Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And, and I don't want to belittle or, or overlook any suffering that anyone's facing today and minimize what you're going through. But this here is not just a nice suggestion. This is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Not to thank God and say, well, God, you brought all this trauma on my life, say so thank you. It's not what I'm talking about. It's actually thank you, God, that in the middle of this situation, the middle of this journey of my life, that you are able to do more than I could ever imagine. See, thankfulness, it displaces our negativity it displaces our fear, it displaces our grumbling, and it draws us into a place of belief, a place of hope. And I want to say that being married to Debbie is amazing because Debbie will always call me out and call us into a place of like, let's just give thanks. It's, it's the sense and, and acknowledgement that, that my thankfulness, that my belief and my faith in God will actually bring me to receive something of the goodness of God in the middle of my situation. See, without thankfulness, our destiny actually will just stay locked within a box. Without thankfulness, we'll live with a sense of like a dead end at the end of our situation right, right now. Without thankfulness, we could never see the potential of what God has actually placed in our hands. Our creativity will remain stifled. If, you know, if, if, if the disciples there that day on the side of the hill, if they were just wait, you know, we could be like, oh, I'm just waiting for the bread to turn up. I'm just waiting for more fish to turn up. I'm just waiting for more knowledge. I'm just waiting for more security. I'm waiting for another friendship. I'm waiting for another connection. I'm waiting for more affirmation. I'm waiting to be seen. Before we become grateful, we're actually going to be at a dead end. We need to start being thankful for whatever is in our hands, whatever has been gifted to us. The couple of fish, the couple of loaves of bread, the couple of dollars you have, the couple of friends. Those small things are actually a launch pad, you know, we could say for a miracle or we could say for the next step in your faith adventure, for the next step in your destiny. So if you're tired of just kind of like looking at your life and, and looking at the limitation of your life, I want to just encourage you to make a shift today by faith and start going, God, what, what's the small thing that you've given me? What have you placed in my hands? The Bible says this, that every good and every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. You know, on our own, without a connection to the Father, we can only really experience a temporal gl glimpse of goodness. 
the Father's goodness actually comes from a source that is eternal and it's like a river that wants to flow through our lives. And it's within His gates. It's within His courts. And it's within this realm that we discover His goodness. But the admission to this place, it requires our thankfulness. Enter His gates. Enter His courts with thanksgiving. When it comes to, you know, you might have been someone who's been prayed for healing. You might have been, you know, multiple times. You might have been asking for a financial breakthrough. You might have been praying for a salvation member, uh, a salvation and someone in your family to become saved. Why was it so hard to say? And you're feeling frustrated and you're feeling disappointed Maybe the first step for you today is just to bring this situation back to God and to be thankful that He will have the final say, that He will have the final word, to rest in His presence. Don't try hard to just receive. Rest in the goodness of God. Rest in the goodness of the Father. If you haven't noticed a shift, if you haven't noticed a change, come back to the Word of God. What does the Word say? Meditate on the Word and the Spirit. As Deb was saying today, bring, you know, bring your praise to the King. Create an environment of the presence of the Lord as you worship and as you pray and as you read the Word. Don't just kind of go through life where you feel like life's actually just got control of you, you take captive everything and bring it into the obedience of the Word of God. You know, in the, in the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, and, and in this breaking bread miracle, this happened just days before the Passover. And then one year later, At the time of Passover, Jesus became the Passover lamb. And in Luke 22, verse 19 to 20, it says this, And he took bread and he gave thanks and broke it. Remember, he's just about to die. He knows what's ahead. He knows the suffering that he's about to endure. And it's easy to look at this and go, Oh, it's Jesus. He always gives thanks. He's just like, thank you this, thank you that. But... Don't you think, as he, as he knew the suffering that he was about to face, that actually breaking it and looking at this bread that he broke in and thought, this is like my life. This is my, this is my limbs. This is my body, and it's going to be broken. It says he gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus actually paused three times during this meal. It's recorded in Luke chapter 22 to give thanks that his life was about to be broken. Jesus, the one who showed the disciples that broken bread could be multiplied in His hands and feed thousands of hungry people is now saying to His disciples, this is my body. This is the bread of life. 
this is going to be broken and this is going to be multiplied. The goodness of God is going to be on display through the brokenness of my body to the ends of the earth. And gratitude to the Father is right in the centre of these profound moments. And maybe what if in the middle of your brokenness today that God is actually wanting to do something so profound in your life that is going to bring a multiplication of the grace of God, of the call of God, of the fullness of God through your life. In Acts chapter 2, on the other side of the cross and the resurrection, there's this window into the disciples breaking bread together. It says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We can see here that Jesus, the bread of life, is adding to the church daily. As they break bread together, people are being saved. The gospel is multiplying and expanding. You see, in the midst of uncertain times, Jesus, I just this is for someone today. Jesus has in mind what He's going to do. Jesus has in mind what He's going to do. You remember back when there were 5,000 hungry tummies on the sides of a hill. You know, Jesus had in mind what He was going to do as, as the disciples waited in the upper room for the Holy Ghost, uncertain, wondering, fearful perhaps, how they're going to launch the church. Jesus had in mind what He was going to do. You know, in Christ Jesus, there is the broken bread. There is the, multi the seed of multiplication, the seed of miracles for every need and challenge that we face in life. He is, as Kerry said, the provider of all of our needs according to His riches in glory. And to, according to the goodness of God, He does not change like shifting shadows today over your life. I wonder if we just stand just now in this moment. And this is, I want to just give you an invitation in this moment to, to offer It's really an offering, actually. The offering of the lack, the pain, the brokenness, the frustration. Would you, would you give a thank offering to the Lord that He's got the power to be at work in the middle of what you're facing? Maybe you're like Hannah today and there's a... You know, there's a barrenness around your life. Maybe it's a barrenness in your business. Maybe it's actually you want to get pregnant and there's barrenness there. 
Maybe it's in health. Maybe there's something going on in a dream that you just can't activate in your life. I want to encourage you to thank God today for your situation and your circumstances. Maybe you're like Jonah and you feel entrapped in an impossible situation of your own doing today. I want to encourage you to give thanks in these circumstances. Maybe you're like Daniel and you feel like you're under threat from those in authority over you or there's intimidation around your life. I want to encourage you to give thanks to the God of your breakthrough today. We're going to take communion together really shortly. If somehow you haven't received a communion vessel, didn't put your hand up and give the host team a wave and we'll get one. We'll get one to you. So Jesus, Jesus, let's just turn this moment into a prayer. Jesus, today as we remember your broken body, your blood poured out. We just give you thanks that you have in mind our lives. You in mind our salvation. You had in mind our challenges. You had in mind what you were going to do through the different phases and stages of our life that we're passing through. We thank you that you have in mind what you're doing. We thank you that you have in mind every need in our family, every need in our community, every thirsty soul that is around us, every financial need, every need of healing. We thank you that you have in mind what you will do. So Jesus, we just bring you into the center. We just bring you into the center of our lives today. We just bring you into the center and we give thanks. We give thanks.